Yo, 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 welcome to Crate 808, and today we have a very special guest on board. It's the man with the ill culinary behaviour who bought music for all you mature b-boys. We've got DJ Former in the house. How are you doing, man? I, I'm really good, thanks, Cam. I, I just want to say thank you for that nicer intro than I probably deserved, but, but thank you. <laughs> Mate, no, absolutely. Your music got me through a lot of that period where I thought hip-hop might be dead, and uh, I was one of them guys and uh, yeah. man it wasn't dead but also your music was just incredible so it soundtracked a lot of my life so it's very very much my pleasure to have you on man um, man, that means a lot thank you it really does you know after doing it all this time the fact that people even remember stuff that i did you know like a year or two ago let alone 20 years plus you know that's that's very touching so thank you nah man now nah, all you all you and even more my privilege to have you on, man, because we could have done a straight interview, but I thought, you know, I'll email you. See, it's a 90s hip hop podcast. There's loads of albums that we all fell in love with back in that golden era. Uh, so I asked you if you'd like to bring an album on and you picked AC Alone's 1998, A Book of Human Language. Yeah, yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready for this chat. Yeah. <laughs> I think the reason that I chose that, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, man, it's, it's, it's always hard to say, you know, what's your absolute favourite album of all time? You know, whether, whether you're talking just specifically the genre of hip hop or whatever, but it's, it's up there with my favourites. But the reason that I chose it above, let's say, Ultramagnetic MC's Critical Beatdown. I've, I have always really listed that as my number one. Mm-hmm. I've always had Lord Finesse's first two albums up there in my, in my, I've, I've basically, I've got about 25 records that are in my top five, you know. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. AC alone, this, this album probably wasn't long term in my top five, in my, in my fantasy top five where there's actually even 25 of them. But, mm-hmm. but I think that it really, over the course of time, I've grown to appreciate it even more than some of those other albums that I mentioned. And apart from anything else, they've all been spoken about a million times. And I feel that A Book of Human Language is an absolute masterpiece that, you know, it's just nice to sort of talk about something other than, you know, the ones we all know, you know, Nas, Illmatic, yeah. you know, yeah. various tribal quest albums. Of course, we all know and love them, but let's try a different angle. Let's go with something that somebody might have missed because... Another thing, I'm probably I'm probably saying all this in the wrong order, but no, 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 basically no. I got introduced to this album at least two, if not three years after it came out. I initially somehow missed it. It was only a friend that was equally as passionate about it said to me, Matt, I, I think you're going to, you know, I think you're going to really love this. You know, you've really missed out on a gem here. Mm. So shout out to my man, Chris Allen, originally uh, one of the, one of the founder members of the DWG crew. So um, yeah, big shout out to Chris for introducing me to Book of Human Language. Oh man. Even though I was already a Freestyle Fellowship and AC alone fan, obviously not big enough to, <laughs> to have even caught his album when it came out. But I, I was just so not checking hip hop at that time in 98. Yeah. I was like, Kind of what you said before we started the interview, you know, just that feeling of like, oh man, hip hop's a bit boring, a bit done for, you know, it's just not really speaking to us, you know, at, the, mm. at that time. Yeah, amazing context. I am going to dive in with you, man, but I can't yeah. have you on the pod after wanting you on all this time and not ask you what I ask everyone. Format, what is the least hip hop thing you've done in the last 24 hours? <laughs> You've asked me the, uh, the best possible 24-hour period. Okay. I, I yesterday, <laughs> uh, I yesterday, I had a shamanic health 
a shamanic healing treatment. For God's sake, what is the matter with my brain? Is it, it, is is cool. it, is it including ayahuasca and stuff like that? Are you, are you on that? It's, it's like that, but it's not that. This is the one that just makes you purge. You've got the toad. I don't know, does oh, ayahuasca no. come from toad or is that a different one? I know that there's there's one where you extract the, the poison from a toad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This, but that, that, that takes you on a psychedelic trip that sort of, you know, really grounds you and brings you closer to, you know, Mother Nature and all that wow. kind of thing, which, which is something that I was looking into anyway, but before that, I wanted to do this kind of purge thing. And this is like, um, this is a, a South American tradition. And the the amazing woman that, that I, you know, went to see yesterday, she studied in Peru under these, you know, under these yeah. shamanic, you know, masters that have dedicated their whole lives to it. You know, not just anyone can go and do this, but, yeah. but anyway... I can't wait. I still can't think what the damn thing's called. What's the matter with my brain? Oh, right. It reminds me there's that Vipassana and stuff like that in the Asian. We have that kind of thing, which isn't as much of a purge, right, right. but we don't lick enough toads, I feel. I think, I think, uh, but then again, that's actually really, I don't know. Could I see Snoop Dogg licking a hallucinogenic toad? Probably. Yes. Probably. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Snoop, <laughs> Snoop's a very cool individual. You know, he's going to do anything that's a little bit out there, he's going to be down with it, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. I, I, I personally feel about him anyway. <laughs> I think he's going to be down with it. But um, so, you know, basically I had... I had like these little. Um, I won't. I won't show you. This is this is um, this is just well. going to be an audio thing, right? The viewers won't see it. The viewers can I, see this. We'll have a YouTube. All oh, right. What yeah. Is that? So it's like that's where they burn your flesh. They burn these dots, and then that's where they, when the flesh is exposed, they mm. they place the the the, the frog's um, excretion. Let's call it um, on those on those sort of you know wounds and it gets into your system it then makes you kind of like um i mean maybe it can make some people um react in different ways but it it generally makes you sort of swear you know increased heart rate and feel really bad and want to vomit Mm. and in my case the reason i did it apart from having you know a a number of physical things that you know it can supposedly help and also mentally Mm. um it was mostly for ongoing stomach problems that anyone who knows me knows about my years of never-ending bloody stomach problems so that was the reason i did it because i just felt that by something that was really going to purge me and and hopefully reset some things inside my body Mm. you know so i'm I'm at the point where i'm almost trying everything and anything because you know i've I've not been right for such a long time you know and and i've not drunk alcohol or eaten sugar or barely any processed food for three years you know that's how extreme i've been wow you know to not eat sugar in three years is so difficult because it's in everything but anyway you've opened up this other hornet's nest i kind of want to just go down that road now though and make this one of those podcasts (laughs) so ac alone a great album but dab like dj former what is this about your health but man i hope you're i hope you're well and uh, hope it's working for you sorry my my, my brain is working it's okay so it's called cambo with a k K k-a-m-b-o cambo like i say it's south american shamanic uh medicine and yeah it's best that people you know investigate for themselves if they're interested or this might be the point where they switch off and go i don't (laughs) want to hear anything this weirdo's got to say about music anymore but there you go that is surely the most non-hip-hop thing i've done yeah that's the most out the box like that's i'm very much here for it though that's great (laughs) 
toe discretion. I'd never thought. But then again, AC alone probably has rapped about toe discretion at some point because his, yeah, his, yeah, his yeah. rhyming is is that mad. So if we are pivoting back then to the album, yeah. you were saying this, you got you got to a bit late. So expand that on a little bit for me, like your context of 1998, where were you at this point? And then what was your experience of hip hop after you heard the album? Like, how does it change your mindset, if, if it did at all? Well, around 98, in fact, for me personally, I started to get a little bit less interested in hip hop and much more interested in, you know, jazz and, and you know, other music that I was searching out to sample. Jazz, I, was, I would say, was just the most sort of easily accessible, decent quality music that I could find where I lived at, at the time in Southampton, where I grew up. I mean, you know, you could, you could get jazz, even if it was from a friend's, you know, parents or grandparents, whereas, you know, it wasn't necessarily so easy to find parents that had great soul and funk records. You know, yes, my dad had a few soul records and, you know, bits and bobs like that. And I used to hassle the cleaning ladies at work when I used to work in this leisure centre and they would mostly bring rubbish in. But one of them brought in her husband's record that, uh, records that were mostly all soul and funk. And she brought in a Meters album for me that just, you know, hearing the Meters for, you know, for the first time, it almost ruined hip hop for me because I was just like, everything, everything on this album has just been absolutely rinsed. I mean, every it's, it, yeah. it made me look at the hip hop songs a little bit differently, but mm. you know, anyway, so get to get back on track. So since probably 95 going into 96, I feel that there was a little change in hip hop production styles. You know, maybe it was partly to do with, um, you know, sample clearance issues. People wanted to be a little bit clever and disguising what they were using. And they were sort of more using like just kick snares and hi-hats rather than drum breaks. For me, that was a massive loss. And also there was a lot of stabs, you know, just people chopping stabs. So for example, Craig Mack, Flavor in Your Ear, you know, nothing wrong with it. I'm sure most people love it. But for me, that was kind of a, a bit of a, that, you know, that's just a, a, a catalyst for me in terms of how things just got so simplified and just so like nothingy and just so, mm. it's just, a, it's a club record, it's cool, but there's not really any substance to it for mm. me, for me personally. So, you know, I was getting much more into jazz and stuff like that. So, you know, by 98, well, well like I say, I initially missed AC alone anyway, but, sure. but I just got more and more into, you know, just digging for things for, to sample and and rather than just listening to the few seconds of magic actually starting to really get into some of this music and that made me a little bit less uncomfortable with the fact that I was almost losing touch with hip-hop and a bit, bit feeling a bit lost like yeah this stuff's just not really speaking to me and all the time there there were guys like obviously Jurassic 5 came out in 97 mm. You know, they've done the Unified Revolution 12 inch before that as well. But, yeah. you know, they came out and played at Fresh 97 and blew our minds with the live performance as well as the EP. You know, there were, and there was, you know, there was some good independent hip hop coming out. But even that whole indie thing, it wasn't massively speaking to me. You know, it's the stuff I was actually inspired enough to buy, mm. you know, the, the, the records like that were few and far between. Yo, 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 just breaking up this episode to tell you all about the Crate 808 Patreon, a place where you can help support the show so we can make you more dope rap chat and to go out there and get some bonus episodes under your belt and also get involved with the live chats with the Crate 808 crew and guests. Go to crate808.com or go to patreon.com slash crate808. Sign up for as little as buying us lunch every month. You can get two bonus episodes, including 
including hidden gem album reviews from the golden era of the 90s and also you get our series focusing on MF Doom and Jay Dilla and also the Wu-Tang Chronicles. Once a month, we drop an album review of every single Wu-Tang member. We're going to go through every solo album and then review it for you guys. And right now it's Ghostface. Go in there, get them Ghostface Killer Editions in your catalogue. So get involved, help us grow this show. And yes, big yourselves up. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Boom. I think it was when I was going to do an interview with, like I say, this guy, Chris Aylan, who mm. who uh, was one of the founder members of DWG. He, I think before that, he did, he used to write for someone else. I, f- I forget the name now, but he was writing for someone else. And he came to my house to interview me in Brighton when I lived here the first time before I moved off and went, went traveling around all over right. and we just really hit it off and, and we were mostly sharing our taste in you know what became known as random rap you know the kind of the stuff from like typically 87 88 yeah. 89 you know that kind of one-off releases on on independent labels that the, 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 the majority of us might have missed at the time yeah. you know and then and then or, or we might have heard them at the time and not really paid them much mind because let's be honest in 88 you know we had Big Daddy Kane, we had Ultramagnetic MCs, we had Stets Sonic. Yeah. If someone just yeah. came out with a random record, there was every chance it could get looked over, right? So yeah. it could get passed over. Me and Chris were talking a lot about the random stuff. And for some reason, the more we got to know each other's tastes, that's when he said to me, you need to, you know, maybe we'd, maybe we'd spoken about Freestyle Fellowship because I, I never had their first album, mm. um, but I had the second one, the Inner City Griot, and I had the original US pressing, which was promo only, which back then, you know, probably wasn't in a lot of people's record collections, let's say. So maybe that's what started the conversation with Chris. I don't know. Or maybe the fact that I had All Balls Don't Bounce by AC alone. Yeah. But he said... Oh my God! You know, you, you you've you've missed out. You know, you've missed a tricker. You know, you've got to get this book of human language. So yeah, yeah. Sure enough, I hunted it down, and because I'm obviously you know a producer and a music lover, I, I do love rappers and I do love the art of rap and, and emceeing. Mm. But I'm first and foremost a music guy. You know, yeah. I'm a music lover, so the music is always going to be more important to me. So I think here in book of human language, it was like. It was the ultimate marriage of of an MC, just absolutely at his peak, just just and and a producer also absolutely at his peak. You know, they just Mm -hmm. uh, Mumbles was the producer, by the way, an LA guy, Um, and he was using a lot of jazz samples, a lot of stuff that at that time. I didn't know, you know, over the yeah. years you stumble upon things and it's such a beautiful feeling where you're like, oh, wow, you know, that was what he used, you yeah. know. So just, just that perfect marriage of, you know, the music that was almost meant to be for those lyrics. But I believe that it was originally done as an instrumental work it by was. Mumble mm. and AC alone heard it and put lyrics to it. I believe that's the case. Is, is that what you believe uh, to be? Yeah, that? yeah. Uh, Big Up uh, Dad Bod Rap Pod, they had Mumbles on to talk about this <laughs> album and his career. So I dove yeah. into that interview and it's a great interview. And there's so many things. When you look at this album, the themes on this album, lyrically, are so grandiose. But also yeah. the, the beats themselves, apparently he was at high school when he made these. Yeah, he was at high school. They actually got him into the, it's a really weird road he got to AC alone, yeah. but it went via Master P apparently at one point up to the Beasties. He could have had some work with the Beasties. And then, so, as in Master P, the sort of, yeah. for of a better word, thumb yeah. rapper. 
yeah, from from this interview I heard, that was really he'd wow. heard. He don't know if he'd heard these beats, but he'd heard he's a beat maker. Asked him yeah. to come in roundabout way. Got yeah. someone who it, very close to the beasties. The weird thing is what the coulda woulda shouldas could have been because could have some yeah. of these beats been beastie beats, but then ACL heard saying, it and. Uh, went to a cabin and may have yeah. even licked some toads and, and actually, <laughs> and you know, and, and thought up this. And apparently what well, the weird thing is these beats, like you've said, are they're an instrumental and he's just worked yeah. to them. It's fascinating. That must be fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. I've got little tidbits of information that I garnished from cut chemist over the years because I mm. toured with him, you know, when me, me and abdominal supported Jurassic five in 2003, but mm. I, I, I usually try and avoid talking about this. And now here's me just like, you know, no, starting go, up. Go, it's very it. relevant, but I, I first drove there, the J five tour bus in 98 and a little bit in 99. Mm. And I don't think it was those early meetings that I must have spoken to Cut Chemist about because, like I say, by my own admission, I don't think I was aware of the album until mm. 2000 or 2001. But it must have been when we toured together in 2003. I remember him telling me, start, my memory's not as good as it used to be. I'm, yeah. you know, near 50 now. It's like, you know what it's like. I feel you. But, uh, yeah, I, don't, I can't remember. I would say I can't remember what I did yesterday, but I, yeah, I do remember. I was out licking frogs. But, um, but yeah, um, um, Camus was telling me certain things like there's a certain sample I don't want to name it because I'm not sure it's, it's not a big deal but it's a, it's an artist who is major and is on a major label and I don't know if it's a thing that's known online but Cut Chemist was explaining to me that him and Mumbles because they're good friends they've, they've got a little private thing going where one of them used this sample really subtly. It's a very subtle thing, and it's in an interesting time signature as well. I can't even quite get my head around. But um, mm. it's one of those ones that it somehow fits into four, but I think maybe there's elements of threes or sixes in it. But anyway, one of them used it, then the other one used it, and then the other one used it again. You know what I mean? It's like a little thing that they had batting, you know, back and yeah. forth between each other. And, you know, he was telling me all these little tidbits of information, but, yeah, sadly, my memory's not so, <laughs> not so sharp. But, yeah. um, but but not to, but I, sh I should point out, though, that album was from 98. Now, AC Alone's All Balls Don't Bounce was 95, mm. and Mumbles did produce at least two songs on there because he did Makiba and yeah. I think he did Anna Lilia as well. I might be wrong about that. He definitely did Makiba because yeah. that's like, that's not only my favourite song on that album it's it's also and, and I've got my notes here as I already warned you but but the the forward and afterward on on uh, Book of Human Language which is basically the intro and outro music from it which AC alone doesn't speak on he just lets them run as instrumentals they're both kind of in my mind they're sort of brilliant instrumental reworkings of mm. of the sort of same framework okay. uh, of Kiba mm. how young must he have been when he was doing that in 95 anyway or maybe he did it all around the same time and it took AC alone a while to write it mm, maybe yeah <laughs> who knows yeah yeah maybe absolutely and you can imagine it might have took him a while but because it's just so yeah. dense man I'm kind yeah. of like you I've missed the boat on this. I actually thought it was a Naughties album when I first got it because uh, yeah. I didn't check the date. I just found it on the seat. I don't know why I even bought it, but it was, oh yeah, like AC. I think it's because actually, because I actually got his last album in the 2000, I got his album, um, Eclectic, Accepted Eclectic. Yeah, and then, yeah, yeah. 
yeah and then at the same time i got a book of human language and i was like what is this and it was so dense and yeah i tried to explain this to one of my friends who was like oh so what album are you talking about I was like, oh this album he said what's it what's it about and i said yeah. wow that's like asking what is a richard Linklater film about it's just like yeah, it's, it's yeah. about life i suppose like the themes yeah. are so as we said just a huge scale and for you had you yeah. heard much stuff or concept albums that had like really touch this level i know they had been prince thieves and cool keith and people have done concepts but yeah yeah i was gonna say i i can't think of whole albums that are that are on this level that you know I, i've probably missed other things but i can't think anything of anything that comes close i mean it it, it makes me think slightly of of you know some of for example um some songs on uh, stress the extinction agenda you know it, it, it does it does sort of you know something like stray bullet you know something like that that just paints such a visual picture mm. that it just completely blows my mind apart from the fact the music's amazing <sighs> stray bullet you know yeah. so organized confusion for anyone that, that is <laughs> yeah We've had very much on a few times. People should know this by now. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully. Sometimes it's easy to assume and then and then obviously some people will be listening and like, what, what, what? You know. mm, but anyway, mm, just sure, sure. confusion, the extinction agenda or, or, or is it stress the extinction Yeah, the extinction agenda. Yeah. Anyway, you know, I feel like maybe if, if there is a theme that completely runs through the whole album, it's not as strong as the way the Book of Human Language does. But mm. but yeah, Book of Human Language, it's, it's just, to me, it's just so deep and... And and again, you know, going back to my notes, you know, where 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 he's, you know, where he's got the song, the balance, you know, mm. where, where where it opens with him saying, as soon as somebody dies, somebody else is born. People are celebrating while other people mourn. Yes. You know, just just that opening gambit to yeah. me lets you know exactly what you're in for. I mean, the way that he speaks about life and death, yeah, uh, it, it, it's just absolutely fascinating to me and that's and that's like i say me by my own admission i'm not such a lyrics guy you know like i yes it's a very very important thing to me but pales in comparison when it when it comes to the music music is is the thing that touches my soul and and you know yeah for ac alone's words to touch me like this it's very rare mm. very rare that's interesting, man. That is interesting because obviously they work so well as a marriage and lyrically it's very hard to, well, you don't get it in one go. So, and even no, though no. he has this like amazing, like flow of the West coast MCs that kind of were just weren't shackled down by that East coast, you know, the East yeah. coast traditions, yeah. the West coast yeah. MCs like Slim Kid Trey, like Parside and, and yeah. Souls Mischief and Dell. And, and we've had a few of these people on now and just talking yeah. to them, yeah. it felt, it just feels like they weren't restricted by any of that. They looked up to it, but they just did their own thing. And it doesn't sound awkward where, yeah. Yeah. you know, sometimes you think like if you're trying too hard, it just seems so natural to, people at AC alone and ACE on this is amazing, but you saying there about the balance as well. And we have a few categories and um, for me, it was like age one, the age, the best things because a yeah. lot like this album is bad. It, it's like a self-help album as in yeah. there's a lot of stuff you can get from it. Like the balance yeah. and yeah. Um, the hold, the energy, um, yeah. Yeah. the messaging of all that. And as well as the music it is kind of like, having a calm app for hip hop. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, this is, you know, how I should really live my life. So uh, if anything, I appreciate you making me listen to this again now recently. Do, yeah, do, you find, yeah. do you find yourself revisiting it at all? Do you find yourself revisiting a lot of old albums? Yeah, absolutely. There's certain things that, 
I just go back to time and time again, and this is one of those albums. Um, it's not one that I can recite too many lyrics from, uh, but that, again, that's probably more to do with the age I was when I started listening. You know, most of the stuff, you know, especially when I'm like putting samples together for my own music, the, the things that pop into my head when I'm looking for, you know, things to scratch, you know, and, and, and starting to, you know, join dots up in my head mm. is always that kind of 88, you know, sort of era hip hop because that was just the most important point in my life, I think, in terms of, mm. you know, Big Daddy Kane, Ultra Magnetic MCs, you know, when all those guys had their first album, Slick Rick, mm. uh, MC Light, uh, I mean, of course, Public Enemy as well, yeah. uh, Run DMC, mm. um, I was going to say Beastie Boys, but not so much lyrically, I mean, yeah, I love yeah. their energy, but um, yeah, it's it's more about Paul's Boutique, but anyway, um, album. Album. yeah, but, but, you know, what I'm saying is I probably shouldn't, you know, I probably shouldn't name check them as as as, as, yeah, as yeah. Uh, you know being lyrically carrying the torch the way that some of these <laughs> other guys. But like you know, like Lord Finesse, Big Daddy Kane, you know the way that they mm. their wordplay to me was it was it had everything because it was it was funky and it was witty and it was technical it, and and sometimes it was deep as well. But it, it kind of had everything, you know, yeah. and. and I don't know. That was the time where I just consumed everything and just listened to things over and over again. Something like AC Alone, that came at a different part in my life when, when like I said, I was exploring a lot of other kinds of music. But mm. it is still, you know, Book of Human Language is something that I do revisit quite regularly. And I only recently played it to a friend who, A, she hadn't heard it before, and B, she's not really massively into hip-hop. You know, she's, mm. she's an open-minded music lover. Um, both music, uh, music and lyrics as well, mm-hmm. and she was blown away. She was literally blown away by it. And, wow. and like I say, she's not someone that would typically, you know, check out any hip hop. She was just like, "This is yeah, something else." That so, gives me so much hope, right? Because <laughs> we do these episodes of we call them hidden gem albums, even though people mm-hmm. like me and you may know about them. There are some yeah. people who don't know about these albums. And I, some, we, we don't get, you know, as much love for those things as we, well, I think we should. I'm like, wow, this is a yeah. great album. So for every one of those people, just to like maybe one person, for every 10, one person yeah. might just be like, wow, th- it's great. Because AC alone deserves yeah. this, um, well, free slash fellowship generally, but but yeah. they deserve this recognition of, a doc- for me, a culture that, it is documented better nowadays than it ever has been, but it still needs. So I can't imagine the amount of rock and prog rock and crap rock that maybe just got lost because of lack of documentation. And I just yeah, hope it yeah. never happens to something like AC alone yourself, whoever, you know, like let's not forget about, you know, some of the albums that have come out that you've brought out, but I'm going to get onto that. Yo, what up, y'all? This is DJ Premier, and you're checking out the Crate 808 Podcast. Hey, yo, 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 this is your boy, Farrell March, and right now, you are rocking live with the Crate 808 Podcast. Yo, what's up? This is Del, the funky homo sapiens, down with hieroglyphics, the funk pimp. Come on here for some good shit. Yes, yes, you are rocking with the best. This is the one and only Just Blaze. Right now, you're checking out the Crate 808 Podcast. This is Open Mike Equal, and you are currently rocking with the Crate 808 Podcast. Yo, peace and love to this homeboy, Sam. Man, and you're rocking with the Crate 808 podcast. It's the place to be. 
me. So good for you. Hey, what's happening? This is Trevor Nelson, your R&B ambassador, talking all things R&B and hip-hop on the Crate 808 podcast. Hey, yo, yo, check it out. This is the rapper Big Pooh, and I need you, 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 and you to make sure you check out this week's episode of the Crate 808 podcast. Tell everybody the rapper says so. You're saying there about the jazz. You love your jazz. I know I know you're a bit of a jazz yeah. head. Um, yeah. The use of jazz. Could you put your finger on then? What is it yeah. about this album's use of jazz that differs from someone, say, like Hieroglyphics or, uh, I don't know, uh, Tribe or Premier? Like, they've used jazz, made it classic. What is it about the mumbles kind of sound on this that is different, if you could pinpoint well, it? There, there are crossovers with some of those some of those artists you mentioned or some of the songs by some of those artists you mentioned mm. but i would say the overall feel with book of human language that it's not what you'd call a club record and all those other guys made club records that i don't think there's a single tr- i'm not saying it would be impossible to play any of the songs <laughs> in a club situation but you know what i mean cam mm. it's mm. it's not typically yeah it's it, even in terms of in fact I'd, I'd written this down in my notes so yeah. you know because you you'd mentioned to me that you know typically you ask people about the most rewindable moment most and what rewind, i actually yeah. wrote so that i didn't forget to say this is you know for me it's such a complete album and you need to consume it from beginning to end as a complete work you know if you if someone says well what is it that's so good about this album yes i could put on for example the balance or i could put on you know certain other songs and say okay listen to that and if you like it you know we're onto something yeah, but, yeah, but yeah. My, my, my general feeling is don't you know in the way that with especially with hip-hop and especially with people nowadays with short attention spans they want to hear the banger that just like you know knocks them out of their seat yeah. and like, oh my god i gotta rewind that it's like this is this is a, an album for, for I was going to say for serious thinkers, but uh, you know, like not it. to sound so snobby, but you know what I mean though? It's, yeah. it's, it's yeah. just musically and lyrically a lot deeper. And, 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 and I love, especially like Tribal Quest, you know, first, mm. what, three, four albums mm. um, and, 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 you know, some of the other guys that you mentioned. But to me, Book of Human Language is just, it's a very different listening experience and the kind of jazz that he'd sampled, I don't know. It's, it's, yeah, it's just a bit more, I don't know if it's because he's used quite spiritual jazz, like, you know, John Coltrane, Olay, or like Ornette Coleman, The Shape of Jazz to Come, you know, things like that. I don't know what it is, but it's just touching even, and again, I'm going back to my notes, but you you were saying about, you know, what hidden gems are on the album. And it's like, again, to me, the thing that, really sort of stands out if I was to say what's the hidden gem or the or the secret ingredient to the album for me it's actually all the skits and little preludes to the songs mm. that, that are so subtle but so perfect just yeah. so perfect because they they either introduce the next song or they or they just put you in a certain mind frame or open your mind up a little bit to what's coming mm. and 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 that's not just lyrically that's musically as well you know mumbles has just put in like a perfect loop from yeah yeah, yeah. From, say, uh, I, th- I think the one that that really touches me is uh that there's one on a henry franklin album like a black a black jazz uh, lp that i've got right. and um you know, it's just a straight loop. You know, he hasn't done anything with it as yeah. such. But it's just the perfect loop. And AC alone is there just like, you know, just just 
going off on one and it's like it just takes me somewhere really deep it's, mm. it's, it's you know that's the difference between this album and say a tribe album yeah or who else did you mean you know that that, that, that yeah kind yeah of high road primo you're right yeah and i suppose it's because it is a concept as well they so lean into the fact that it's a concept with the jabberwocky yeah. and the forward yeah. and the, all that and and even like you said that i cannot remember what word it is it might be hurt or the hunt but he literally ends the song where he says he's about to say hunt or hurt and and then it goes into the next song and you're like oh wow even those little moments that maybe yeah. could be lost on a lot of people what i love yeah. about hip-hop like this and um we recently did a dj shadow episode and he does it oh, as yeah. well and madlib does it as well and where you yeah. feel like um those moments those little seconds that people might just not think about mean so yeah. much to the guy who's made it yeah, yeah. or the woman who's made it. And you're like, wow, I'm so glad yeah. it's resonating with someone like yourself who then goes on and makes music and it's in your head when you're thinking of music, you've heard this and it, it lays like a groundwork. Man, it's just, yeah, it's amazing, man. It's just, yeah, really yeah. good. I, I think a lot of people do, you know, maybe not the majority, but I think there are always people like us that do get those little subtle touches that people put in. Mm. You know, there are always people that are going to appreciate that. I mean, a lot of the things that I've done, let's take, for example, when I've done, um, I did some sort of 45, you know, some seven-inch only releases where yeah. I did tribute to, to the early works of like the Meters. I did a similar one with Call and the Gang. Yeah. And a few years before that, I did James Brown. But when I did the Call and the Gang and the Meters one, uh, ones, I took it to such a, an extreme that I only, I don't know if the average person would even realise this, but not only was all the music, you know, only from the meters or calling the gang, you know, respectively, but the samples, the vocal samples that I put together, the little scratch sentences that in some cases they would rhyme or they would certainly be, you know, very cohesive and meaningful. They were sampled from records that, like hip hop records that had used a call in the gang or a meter wow. sample in their song. You know, that was the stupid rules. No, look it. I set myself because that was my way of just, I don't know, that was just my way of challenging myself. And, and mm. I don't know, you, 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 the more you have confines, the more you sort of force creativity. And, and, and you know, obviously that I don't always want to be confined, but in, in those instances, I found that really satisfying and it gives me, great pleasure when once in a blue moon someone will pick up on that and will comment on that yeah. you know and just like oh, you know funnily enough and, and 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 this is not at all to to name drop you know because i i don't i don't know him well we've just had a few exchanges online mm. but jay's own this is going back a few years i can't remember if it was the meters or calling the gang mm. um but we got we got sort of talking about it online a little bit because you know he's obviously mm. a really you know in in the nicest possible way a nerd <laughs> over the details like we are right and yeah, you know yeah. he's you know i know he's a big fan of um particularly uh, the drummer from um, calling the gang I think he'd, he'd interviewed him around that time and you know he after I'd sent him a copy of the record and he was digging it for a while and then he came back to me like I swear it was like months later or at least weeks later and was like oh man I only just realised what you did with all the you know with all the, the hip hop songs that's like, brilliant yeah there you go there you go so it's like you know that means a lot that people do catch the detail mm -hmm. even if it you know it's a, a long way down the line because that's that's committed to wax that's you know mm. i've done it I've, I've put my art out there you know hopefully yeah. I've, I've left an impression on someone in a good way yeah so, uh, 
man but this yeah. is this then circling back to all like this like the basically the credit you're giving to the listener comes at a lot of the time um you're sacrificing maybe nowadays the streams but maybe you know back then you're sacrificing what may get you further in your career financially or you know set your oh, family wow. up a bit more and i find um someone like aclo 1998 like i looked up other albums that were out in 1998 and i'm like first of all this got two and a half mics in the source which Did is it? apparently I, I can't find the original review yeah. but a few reports i've read have yeah. it as two and a half mics in the source in 1998 i was reading the source all the time so i must have missed this review or just dismissed yeah. it because of the gatekeeper and in my mind, it's like, wow, AC alone did all this so such intricate, layered and mumbles work um, yeah, yeah. that they actually sacrificed. But when I hear them talking in interviews, it doesn't feel like a sacrifice. Though. It just feels like, no, this is my artistic impression. And I can't help yeah. but think of your career, which is like, you have had you make, how to make a hit song, you know, all that stuff. And you've yeah, had yeah. all that kind of pokey, funny stuff. But even yeah. the newest stuff you're bringing is like, uh, it's just amazing to hear it, man. It's just like, wow, just, yeah, I'm oh, glad that you stuck with it the way, and you're happy. It feels like you're happy. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. especially with the, the most recent album, Devil's Workshop, because I think, mm. you know, when I when I go back to, you know, when I made my first album, Music for the Mature B-Boy, you know, it, 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 you, you're just in a completely different mind frame. You know, back then, I didn't know that it was actually going to, you know, kind of blow up and do all right. You know, yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. I just, as far as I was concerned, I was just doing what I always did, right? I was just kind of making beats at home and, and hooking up with certain friends and doing something that I thought was cool. But, you know, I wasn't really thinking of it in terms of, you know, I'm I'm committing this to wax now and and you know, I've got to stand behind this forever sort of thing, because that's the kind of thing that sadly has then come back to, I don't want to say come back to haunt me, but it's the sort of thing that I've, you know, I tend to overthink things and I don't like it when I have certain songs that later I look back on and yeah, it's difficult to say regret, but you know, certain things that might bug you about a song mm. that you made and, you know, oh, I didn't quite get that the way I wanted it or I didn't quite, you know, with, especially with my instrumental songs where I'm like, Man, I, I I I can see so much potential in what I was doing. Yeah. I wish me now could go back and have a word with me back then, you know, circa yeah. Yeah. and just you know have a few word, words of advice in the ear or something because I just didn't quite have the vision. Mm. And and you know now I probably I've gone too far the other way where I'm overthinking everything. But mm. you know, like so, especially with my latest album, Devil's Workshop, I wanted everything to be. 100%. I mean, of course, I could change my mind in the future, but <laughs> yeah. I had to feel like this is 100% my best work I've ever done. And I can stand behind this and say, this is exactly how I want, you know, my music to be heard and, and, mm. and, and, and how I want to be judged as a, as a producer, as an artist or whatever, yeah. <laughs> whatever words I come out with. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. this is what I can stand behind right now. Whereas, you know, there's stuff I've done in the past where I feel like, oh God, that's that's not aged well, you know, mm. and, 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 and like, or, 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 oh, that's that was really corny. It seemed fun at the time, but now, I've, yeah. now I'm a little bit embarrassed by it. But that's, 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 you know, when you put art out there, I guess that's the, exactly. 
Exactly. Blows the risk, isn't it? Exactly, man. It's a courageous thing to even start to do that. On some level, there's some courage it takes to step into that sphere and make art and express yourself and put yourself out there, man. Kind of like just being naked. This is me kind of thing. And a lot of people can't do it, man. A lot of people can't even take it if they do do it. Hey, what's up? This is Black Thought, and you are now rocking with the Crate 808 Podcast. Yo, 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 yo. This is Stretch Armstrong. Ooh-wee. My name is Bobito Garcia, a.k.a. Cool Bob Love. You're now listening to Crate 808. Hey, yo, what up, y'all? This is Prince Paul, and you're rocking with Crate 808 Podcast. Yo, it's EV Evidence, Dilated Peoples. You're rocking with the Crate 808 Podcast, my favorite shit. Let's go. Yo, what's going on, y'all? This is Master Ace from Brooklyn, New York. And you're checking out the Crate 808 podcast, Real Hip Hop. We will come back to the album, but I was going to say, before we do do that, I was listening to Devil's Workshop. To be fair, I do this a lot with your work anyway. When there's a new format release of some sort, it used to be when I first heard Mature B-Boy, Abdominal grabbed me by the, you know, throat. It was just like... I am the lyrical monster you've been waiting for. <laughs> and I remember just being, that hit me on the head. And yeah. these are incredible beats for this guy. And then slowly, as I started listening, and I'd just call them, now he's formatting. Now DJ format is formatting. When uh, on wow. every album you do it, where uh, there becomes a beat and it's just so infectious to me, where I'm like, yeah. this yeah. is making me, even if I'm sitting down working, it's making yeah. me move. And even on this warm dust, brain brainstorm, ah, the light, yeah. those things, I don't know if it's just me, but um, that's when I feel like, oh, I'm home again. I'm in my yeah. safe place. Yeah. And I love the way you experiment and still make that, I can't, that factor, you know, that's you, it's yeah, your art. Yeah. And it goes into newer stuff and what you're trying on that album is great. And I love that record, man. It's on the bangers playlist. I put it, I put the, cause I love the instrumentals. So yeah, yeah big man. up man for, for, for keeping so delivering. Much, definitely. I really do appreciate that because like I say, it's my, it's my proudest work. I mean, of course I'm, I'm proud of, you know, the vast majority of what I've done, but but this, you know, from beginning to end, there's not one second of, you know, doubt or hesitation where I'm like, oh, I should have, you know, yeah, it's yeah. just like, no, I, I, I took my damn time. I mean, it should have, it should have been perfect. I, I, I really did take my time to get it just how I wanted it. But, um, yeah. but yeah, it, it means a lot that, that, that you, you know, as well as loving my old stuff, you, you've totally come with me on the journey mm-hmm. and you're still fully appreciating new stuff because you know, I, I could see some people saying it's not a million miles away, and I could equally see some people saying that it is. It depends what which yeah. of my stuff I'm listening to, because I've always made different types of hip hop. I've always made slow, moody instrumental stuff. I've always made up tempo b boy stuff. I've yeah. always made rap songs. You know, I, I, I've made happy, funky rap songs. I've made moody rap yeah. songs, especially with the the UK hip hop guys that I used to work with. You know. It's just that that stuff doesn't necessarily, you know, get get the same spotlight as some of the funkier sort of kind of, kind of club stuff. You know, that gets yeah. remembered a bit longer. But yeah, like I say, the fact that you're able to go on the full journey with me and still be on board for Devil's Workshop is mm. really special. And and that's what I found with quite a lot of people. I was I was nervous. You know, I, I got to be honest. I was I was a bit apprehensive. You know, like are people going to just be like? Well, what the hell's this load of depressing, you know, mess? You know, where where's the happy, funky stuff? Yeah, yeah. Where's abdominal? Where's you know, mm. where's this rapper? Where's that? You know, it's like 
I really wanted to do something a little different that was more representative of where I am now as a as a person and certainly as a music lover. You know, the kind of mm. music that I'm listening to is very much reflected in in uh, Devil's Workshop. Yeah, interesting. Because when you're saying that, uh, there, there is a little bit of apprehension, just completely honestly as a fan, because yeah. you're one of the few people, and not just because you're on the pod, but I've said this generally, you have a yeah. um, catalogue that's pretty seamless. Like you always seem to deliver, man. And you're saying there about like the for, um, the foremost. I remember when you dropped that and I was like, this is incredible. I love the foremost. Uh, obviously, Statement of Intent, that got quite a good... But everything you seem to bring has a quality to it so when i'm about to press play on the new one i'm always like okay hopefully and it did but for yourself do you ever feel i don't know if constrained is the right word but maybe constrained by fan expectation or is that is that more something in the past or is that still in your mind when you when you're making no, no, it, 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 do, it, it does creep in you know and i i tried for this new album to absolutely get away from that that was the whole point it's like it had to be 100 percent for me mm. and then of course i want i really hope and want you know people to to also love it but it was first and foremost going to be 100 percent right for me yeah love you know? that so um but yeah there's there's always that sort of like apprehension where you're sort of thinking yeah but people want the you know what 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 i think people want versus what people really want you know you're never going to get it 100% right anyway because i actually put out a 45 um i don't know how much how how, how long before the album it was it's maybe a couple of years before i put out um a 45 that was called saturday night theme and the b side was freak show wow. and to me they were kind of good club tracks i mean i mean um, freak shows a little bit more up tempo, but I just felt that Saturday night theme. I just felt that that was such. I just thought that was going to be one of those ones that all the DJs that want their sort of funky mid tempo sort of instrumental, mm. you know, sort of funk type thing, but a bit more edgy. You know, I just thought this is going to tick all the boxes. And obviously, I don't mean this at all in a you know cocky or, or arrogant way, but you know, privately, I felt I've really nailed this. This is what I wanted to do. I think it's. You know, I think it's catering to the the audience that I think I've got. And, well, if sales are anything to go by, I was wrong. <laughs> I'm, oh, still, I'm still sat on a few copies of that one, Cam, I can damn, tell you. Damn, Between you and me and any, anyone listening to the podcast, I might have a few copies left of that sitting damn, around at home. Okay. But, um, so you never know. You know, I, I thought, you know, I thought, yeah, you know, I've, I've nailed it. Mm. And it wasn't the case. Then... I came out with Devil's Workshop, which was generally, you know, uh, uh, overall a bit slower, moodier, definitely a lot more dark and serious. And bottom line, there are no club tracks on it. Again, yeah. maybe some DJs could play certain songs in certain environments, but to me, it's not a club album. There's no club tracks on it. Mm. And I was worried that that was going to be a problem for people and it was going to really affect the sales. But mm. I can honestly say that, it's it, it went really well and I'm cool. and I'm proud as hell. I mean, I, I, it couldn't have gone, you know, in terms of how many copies I pressed and all, you know, and all the rest of it and, and people's genuine response and feedback. I don't think it could have gone any better for me. Wicked. You know, that, so, I'd love to hear that. That's just great to hear. Um, I'm glad that you're getting that uh, reward of a sort, you know, um, but I mean, this is the thing I was thinking back to your, 
my experience of your music when it first came out. And um, just a few questions I wanted to ask on that, which was like, um, so Mature B-Boy came out, but if you can't beat him, join him, was like, sorry, if you can't join him, beat him, was like, Yes, I was going to say I rinsed that album so much, right? And the other day yeah. I was in the car, and another one of those songs came on on one of these mix yeah. CDs I had, and I forgot how much I loved that cut. And I started driving. Have Have you ever watched Dead Man's Shoes back in the day? Did you ever? Yeah, get oh, oh, that film is serious, isn't it? Yeah, oh. really is. And oh. I rewatched it again this year. It was on Channel Four, and yeah. I forgot there's a scene where they're all just driving. These like just absolute knobheads are driving, yeah, yeah. and they're listening to Danger Mouse and Gemini. I don't know if you remember that Danger Mouse and Gemini, like, but they're all in the car. And they're all like, "Oh, this tracks." It's such an odd placing. It's like great hip hop in this UK Midland film, but yeah. I I felt I was like that listening to the album again because I was like, "Oh, I feel like those guys." And I don't know. It, I was so gleeful, and as a forty year old dad. You don't often yeah. get gleeful in the car anymore. So, ah, yeah, ah, I, I appreciate you for that alone. Uh, but yeah, I was going to ask, was, yeah, thank you. between those two albums for you, yeah. was there a big change or were you just on, like, I'm going to do just what I've got to do in tour? I don't, where were you between the albums is what I was going to ask. Um, no, I, I would say that things did very much change because the first album, the success of the first album took everyone by surprise. And when I say everyone, I mean... Most importantly, myself, the record label, and my manager, who was effectively just a very good friend who was kind enough to manage me. Yeah. Um, you know, I, 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 I mean, I wanted to just, you know, clarify that rather than sound like a, a real industry type person, you know, like my manager, basically my mate who really guided me and, and helped me so much in just being a guy that, you know, sat in his bedroom making beats to actually being able to take it to record labels and talk to them and, and mm. you know, conduct myself in the business because that kind of thing does, you know, it's important, basically. It's important. That's why I realise a lot of talented people don't um, either get their chance or they don't necessarily last because it's like, it's a funny business and you've got to, you know, it's, it's, it, there's a lot of things involved. Luck is one of them, a hell of a lot of luck. No matter how good your music is or how talented you are, you've got to have luck and you've, mm. I think you've got to be surrounded by the right people. Yeah. Um, so anyway, back, yeah, sorry, I'm, yeah, I'm, no, no, no. I'm on tangents. So it took us all by surprise. And then all of a sudden there was this massive pressure to, I remember going into a meeting with, with the record label and they'd had a meeting without me, um, you know, as in, you know, as in, as you'd expect, you know, they'd had a meeting amongst themselves, you know, A&R guys and whatnot and uh, guys and girls. And, um, just, you know, they were discussing who they felt I should get as guest MCs on the album, which, right. you know, I, I was probably a bit oversensitive to that kind of thing to, you know, being told what to do. But, but you know, it, it wasn't it wasn't untoward in any way. But I just remember, you know, their, their suggestions were so, you know, as far as I was concerned, way off the mark. Yeah. Um, again, that's not 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 being rude or disrespectful because they were good people I worked with, really supportive, lovely, enthusiastic people that were as much a part of the success of the album as you know the music, mm. you know, and, and, and the lyrics and you know what I mean. Is that that was a big part of why the album yeah. did well? Was the, the the label at the time 
They had brilliant people working there. Yeah. They, they, they later sacked them all and they merged with another record label and got talked into doing dirty things. But anyway, mm. we won't go into that. But they were good people at that record label and they were trying to tell me, for example, that I should collaborate with Salt and Pepper. <laughs> now, <laughs> wow. Exactly. Now, look, like I said, in the unlikely event that, you know, the person that works at that label ever listens back and thinks that I'm personally insulting their suggestion. I'm not, but what I'm saying is that's the level of expectation and that's, you know, like the idea that I was going to, you know, Salt and Pepper, you know, I love their first album, by the way, you know, um, Hot, Cool and Vicious, was it? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they were cool when they were up and coming, you know, Beauty and the Beat, I Desire, mm. um, even I'll Take Your Man, you know, yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah. damn good songs as far as I'm concerned anyway. I'm, mm. I'm damn with this sort of purple. But I wasn't going to be trying to collaborate with them in like 2004 because, you know, to me that was just a, well, apart from the fact that they were like mega stars, they were effectively pop stars and that's mm. not something, but that's not a direction that I was willing to go in at all. And even just having certain artists suggested to me, um, you know, that they remix my songs. You know, there was like, you know, French house artists. There were like UK artists who I like and respect. I'm not going to name any names here, but I like and respect, but I just didn't feel that I wanted them to remix my music. I just didn't feel like it was the right match and, and it wasn't where I wanted to take things. So there was all this pressure and then, you know, like me sort of getting forced one way and then obviously resisting that and trying to go in the other direction. Mm. And of course, everyone knew that it made sense. And I don't mean this in such a cynical way, but of course it made good sense to continue doing stuff with Abdominal because not only did we have a great partnership and friendship, but obviously, you know, we had a fan base built. You know, why would we not do it? It's, you know, so of course we were always going to do that. But you know, they were trying to push for more, like you know, bigger things, and and you know, we we were more on the you know on on the idea of how can we build our stage show, what we do together, um, and 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 we sort of decided amongst ourselves that it would be cool if Abs had someone else on vocals because he was basically having to carry the show on his own. You know, just one man with no backup vocals, no nothing. Just, I mean, if you saw our early shows or, or even our later ones when we, when we reformed, yeah. you'll know that he's, he's like an absolute beast to be able to rock that solo yeah. for like an hour, sometimes longer. You know, that takes some doing, you know. And so, yeah, we brought in Decisive and, you know, those guys were already friends. So that was all, that was all cool. But, but there was so much pressure, you know, even when I was, you know, giving them early demo versions of songs, you know, I was then getting pressure, you know, there needs to be more, you know, radio-friendly songs or club-friendly songs, you know, stuff like that. And it's like, I can't lie, the pressure, like, you know, it did get to me a bit like, man, what am I dealing with here? Um, But... Yeah, that's kind of the way it went. And, and ultimately, it, it, I wouldn't say I have any like major regrets with that album, but it's probably my least. Uh, and, and sorry to you or anyone else that really no, likes it. No, not at all, though. But that's probably my least favourite work that I've done by a long way, actually. Interesting. Interesting. Just, just because I think there was, I, I also, I had a hell of a creative block um when i was about i don't know exactly how far through the album but like a half or two thirds through mm. i just kind of clammed up again probably you know the pressure um and i just you know i just wasn't coming out of anything i was happy with at all mm. and then i think there are a couple of songs that i ended up doing that 
I don't know if I convinced myself that I thought that they were my best work or I don't know what I went mm. through mentally yeah, yeah. to tell myself that it was all right. But there's stuff that I look back on and I'm like, no, nah, that, that's really just, that's not that good. Yeah. yeah I'm not too proud of that. But, you know, that's why I went, you know, I then moved on and did and did different things. And, and, and that's, for example, why when I made the foremost with Phil Most Chill, mm. you know, I've I, I, I made it really clear to Phil that, you know, I not, not that we were ever on different pages anyway. Me and Phil were always on the same page. He's just such a joy to work with. Just yeah. not only a wonderful human being, but just such an inspired uh, inspiration. He, he's an inspiration to, to work with because he just... If he hears a beat he likes, he just takes it and, and writes to it immediately. The only delay is he's working a full-time job, like, you know, Monday to Friday. He's like, oh, I can't get him record the vocals in the studio until the weekend. Mm. <laughs> but, you know, he was literally writing to beats that I sent him the same day. Just like, yeah, That's yeah, amazing. I've just written three verses, you know. And the man's incredible. But anyway, again, I'm going off on tangents. No, no, uh, at all. But he... Um, sorry, I, I made it really clear to him, you know, the way that I view the kind of music that we're making. If we're making what people are going to term as, you know, golden era hip-hop or throwback rap or classic, you know, whatever you want to call it, it's important to me personally that we don't use breaks that have already been used before. Of course, you can never be sure that nobody's used this and nobody's used that. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I know that, and, and again, this is not a criticism, but I know that, he, he's done work with, for example, like, you know, Paul Nice or Joe Run Bombay, where they very deliberately sort of reuse classic old breaks. And don't get me wrong, it's cool. I love some of that stuff, but it's not for me. It doesn't push me as a producer, as an artist, to do that. I'm just saying, if we're doing mm. an old style of hip-hop, we've got to bring something new to it. And so for me, that means new breaks, new ideas, not regurgitating yeah. the same old stuff. And Phil was absolutely supportive of that. And 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 that's why I think that album, again, if, if it's not, you know, if it doesn't sound bad or, or, or whatever of me mm. to say so, I feel that that album does hold up against anything sort of in the, in that similar genre because it isn't just regurgitating yeah. stuff. It's, it's, it's like, yes, Phil is always going to sound like the guy from the era that he's from because yeah, he's yeah. Phil. He's got a right to sound like that because he's, you know, he's yeah. original and he's, he's the best. He's the, as far as I'm concerned, he's the best guy still doing that style. Mm. Um, so, that's why it stood the test of time. We, yeah. we, we brought something new to an old formula, you know, to a tried and tested formula or to a, to a classic sound. We did it with originality. I think that's why it's, it's you know, yeah. hopefully, it's, you know, it's, it's uh, respected, let's yeah. say. Yeah, absolutely is, man. Still bangs as well. Absolutely. Love that. I love that album, man. Um, so just to go back then, just to wrap yeah. up human language, yeah. right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Did, did you know then, for human language that it, I never knew this, but it, suppose, it could have been a trilogy. Did you know this? No, no. What do you mean? So uh, again, back to that interview with Mumbles and this is all these little gems he was dropping in this interview. Cause it was like, I was thinking in my head that would have probably been one of the best concept trilogies ever. He was like, we've talked about it. The post one was supposed to be a book of human warfare. That oh, right. was going to be the next one. And who knows if this stuff will ever come out or see the light of day. But to have artists even thinking that way, especially after the story you just said, you know, of like being on this kind of 
you've got to think about the industry if you want to obviously make a living, but you've also got to be an artist and you want to express yourself right and correct. It's interesting it never landed, but the fact they were even thinking, wow, we could do this and it might still happen. You're getting all these sequels. I saw Cuban Links 2 about a decade ago and I hear Supreme Clientele 2 is coming. So you don't know, like all this stuff, it could happen. Um, how do you feel though, if they were to drop Human Warfare like next year, or you, would you be eager to hear it? Would you say? Absolutely desperate to hear it. Desperate to hear it. I realise that, you know, what is it, 23 years or something like that have passed since since Book of Human Language. So, you know, I realise that both AC Alone and Mumbles will have, you know, matured, progressed, you know, as as people, as artists, you know. I know that... Ultimately, it's there's not going to be another book of human language, is there? You know, it will be a new work in its own right. But I would love to hear those two guys collaborate because I was a massive fan of RJD2's first album, um, Dead Ringer. Mm. Um, more for the instrumental stuff than the rap stuff, if I'm honest. Not, not, not again, not to diss any of the, right. the, the rap stuff on there. And I love June, but I love it more because of the music, even though the vocals, the, the lyrics are particularly touching. Uh, well, the second verse particularly. Um, but musically, I thought, you know, some of some of uh, RJD2's work was just mind-blowing on that first album, the way that he put samples together. Mm. Uh, you know, similar to Shadow on introducing. Mm. And I was so excited when I, I heard that, you know, RJD2 was doing an album with AC alone. Was that... Was that uh, the accepted eclectic. Or, that might be that one. Actually, I don't. I can't remember. Either that or not. Basically, I know that they did one together. And again, I don't want to in any way speak negatively or certainly disrespectfully of artists that I, you know, really, really respect and love. Mm-hmm. But it just didn't quite work. Well, when I say it didn't work for me, that's not right. It it just didn't quite musically. Mm. It didn't quite tick the boxes that I wanted it to tick. But again, because RJT two. He's an artist. He'd moved on. Fair enough. I hadn't. As a listener, I wanted to hear, you know, kind of like Dead Ringer instrumentals, you know, yeah. with with Book of Human Language, you know, vocals. Mm. But of course, time had passed. People had moved on. I get that. So, yeah. I, but if AC Alone and, and Mumble's are going to get back together again, yeah, I'll be the first person in the queue to buy that for no, sure. Oh, wicked, man. That's, yeah, I love, to, I love to hear that. Uh, love is still there. The expectation is still there. It's like Deltron and whatever. You know, people are always asking for these things. I'm not sure if we always need them, but it's just, you know, fun, isn't it, as well, I suppose, as, as, yeah. a, as a nerd, as you said earlier. I am one of those as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was going to ask you then, uh, I know you talked about most rewind moments and hidden gems. There are a few hidden gems, actually, I thought. Uh, first of all, we've got to say, the guidelines, if there is anything that is going to probably be your entry track, if you're not if you're not really too much into, I don't want to call it weird rap, but you know what I mean, like rap that's yeah, not, yeah. you know, that kind of rap. I would say the guidelines is one of them where I I'll, I'll, I'd probably play that first to someone. I'm just be like, listen to this first, and then you'll get into the album. I don't know how you feel about guidelines, but I, I know exactly what you mean. And I, I, but I think that although you're right lyrically, mm. I think that maybe musically because it's got a bit more of a. I, I'm certainly not going to call it a club vibe, but you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's a bit more, yeah, I can't find the words, but, but yeah, it's a bit more accessible. Yeah. Whereas the something like, like I say, as I, as I use as an example, the balance, you know, that's just mm. so deep musically and lyrically. It's just like, that just takes you somewhere quite, yeah. you know, you've got to be in the right mood for that. Whereas guidelines, 
you you know you can just play that to someone it doesn't really matter what mood they're in it's not going to be a problem either way but you've got to be in the right mood and, and ready to hear the balance because yeah. that's shit. you know that's epic yeah yeah absolutely it's like um i was listening to this lot of independent hip-hop at the moment but also like there are people like griselda and alchemist and doing this kind of uh different drumless sound that is being yeah. very prevalent but along that drumless sound there is great different unique music coming out that has got drums on it and i was actually listening to a grandfather clock again which i know a lot of people cite as their favorite track on the album but i was like Oh yeah. Well, from just my social experience, social network yeah. experience, you know, when I post things about his album, grandfather clock gets a lot of love. And, um, for me, it's one of them tracks where you're like, Oh yeah, like this, it's so hard to rap on at times where you think, first of all, fair play to AC alone. Just be like, yeah, I'm just going to rap on all this. It doesn't matter. I'm not going to change any yeah. of it. I'm just going to do it and be amazing yeah. at, at doing that. Um, but that's something now where I feel like if you heard grandfather clock now, that, that kind of dirt, you that kind of droning kind of beat yeah 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 from the from the clock you know yeah i get it it. yeah i reckon you could put that on a few tracks nowadays and have people rhyming over that probably not as good as ac alone but still ace kilt is one on his own isn't he but that again i feel like grandfather clock deserves that and same as the bass riff on human language man i was just that literally before i came on this call i was like man i didn't even notice this the first few years you know yeah, <laughs> and yeah. it's only later where you're like oh, wow that i forgot it, you know that bass riff and yeah just yeah had to dig into those few ones because yeah just yeah. so good were there any others any other tracks that you thought like i don't know walls and windows or uh, anything else that you thought that might just need a bit of a touch on before we before we wrap it up yeah, well, well the other one i was gonna that i was gonna say is one of my personal favorites is thief in the night you know that entire song the way the way that he speaks about death on there, you know, that it, that it, you know, when it comes, it comes like a thief in the night. It's, it's just, even when he, again, I might be getting mixed up, but isn't that the one where I think at the end of the song, he kind of goes into almost a spoken word monologue, you know, yeah, I think like, it is. How many he does it a few times. Die with their suits on, how many people die with their boots on, and it's just like, yeah, again, it's like he just paints such a visual picture. It, it, it's, and, and, but again, musically, that's one of my favorites as well. So it's, it's mm. just, yeah, that, that one deserves a special mention. The, oh, the song that I thought that had aged the best, mm. I, I just thought it deserved a mention because I kind of feel like it was ahead of its time. The Hurt, that's one. That's the one that just to, just to jog your memory of any other listeners, that's one mm. that's like, the more I look around, the more it hurts. The yeah, more yeah. I look around, the more it hurts. It's like, it's in 6-8, I believe. 6-8 time signature. So for anyone that's not really familiar with that, you know, Pretty much all, you know, club music, modern music, you know, it's 4-4, just like, you know, do, 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 you know, do, 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 you know, it's simple. There's no overthinking, right? You just nod your head to it. But if it's in 6-8, you know, for a guy to be, well, first of all, musically, for Mumbles to have put that together with all those different samples back then is is damn impressive. But the way that, you know, the AC alone rhymes over that, just so effortlessly. It's like people weren't doing that back then. I I know he's a pioneer, along with you know the the, the other guys, particularly from Freestyle Fellowship. Mm. I know that they're pioneers. You know, I'm pretty sure they were 
influenced by, you know, Last Poets as much as any rap artists. I think I read that somewhere. Mm. Um, I'm not an expert on those guys, actually. I haven't really, you know, yeah. as much as I'm nerdy on certain things, I, I, I haven't really explored too much. But, um, mm. but yeah, for me, The Hurt, that's one that I feel people should go back and listen to that and think about, that was 98. Who was making, I'll tell you, people that were making songs you know, pushing the boundaries kind of like lyrically and really messing with flows. Obviously, you had people like Company Flow and then you had, do you remember, um, oh God, what were they called? Um, Anti-Pop Consortium. Oh, Did you ever get yeah. into those? I don't, never got into them, but I remember them, yeah. Yeah. Oh, some, of their, some of their stuff was, you know, too, too, you know, they were, they were very experimental. You know, you're not going to like everything. Some of it like really you know, through me. And I was like, well, I can't deal with that. But some of the stuff they did was mind-blowingly good for me. Wow. And they, they were really pushing the boundaries. So, you know, there were guys like that. And of course, you know, Farrah Monch as well, who, mm -hmm. who, who I think collaborated with those guys at least once or twice. Mm. Um, you know, they were, they were kind of really going all over the place with flows, but I'm not even sure if they were messing with time signatures like that. Yeah. And again, it's not just doing it for the sake of it. It's not for just for the sake of being clever, like, look what I can do. It's like, it sounds natural. Yeah. That, that's, that's the difference. It sounds so effortless and so right. Mm. You know, I guess, I guess it harks back to when AC Alone did um, The Greatest Show on Earth. Mm. You know, mm. that, that song, again, I think that um, I'm just trying to think, you know, from memory, I think that's in, yeah, I think that's in 6-8 as well. Wow. And again, I actually... Didn't Mumbles do that track? Oh, I think did. did he? I think Mumbles did Makiba and Greatest Show on Earth. I think right. those were the two that he produced. I don't think he necessarily did Anna Lilia, but I might be wrong. Anyway, yeah. but, you know, who, the, who was trying to rap like that back then? Maybe there's a whole bunch of people and I've missed out on it, or maybe they were just rapping on things that musically didn't appeal to me. But for, yeah. you know, for me, again, that's why... Mumbles and, and AC alone, you know, book of human language. It was just the perfect marriage, mm. you know, the perfect producer with the perfect MC, just yeah. at the peaks of their their game. Yeah, and the just to cap that, like the ver the way he kicks off the hurt is exactly a crystallization of why this album's amazing. Because you have all that stuff you've just said about the music, yeah. right? You could spend yeah. another hour just looking at what he's saying like he's saying about his communities and he's talking about like but so many more things than just that and yeah. it's the way like, as you said i can't even recite it it's that ridiculous but it's the way he breaks the words down to kind of bend and flow like they just plasticine yeah. almost and you think yeah. man m musically you could just talk about this but now if you even get into the lyrics as well yeah just the whole album is like so for anyone who hasn't heard the album if this hasn't yeah. convinced you i don't know what else we can do because well, that <laughs> anyone that's listened this far to us rambling on predominantly about one album <laughs> they're either going to have such high expectations that they're going to yeah. be disappointed or yes. they're going to be, for God's sake, guys, shut up and <laughs> not even want to hear it. I mean, I am hopeful that there will be some people that, that yeah. you know, haven't heard it before and do go away and check mm. it and go, wow, thank you for introducing me to that one. Yeah. Because the amount of people I hear who now say they're into Sons of Kemet or, you know, this new jazz kind of wave yeah. of the last few years if you're into that, you'll pretty much be into Mumble's production, I feel. Or you'd yeah, at least respect yeah, yeah. it. I think you'd yeah. get something from it. So, yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah, that's an interesting comparison, actually. I never really thought of it like that because ultimately, Sons of Kemet, they're still, you know, they're, they're, they're still a live band doing their thing. Whereas Mumbles, you know, uh, I, I view the, 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 the two works very different because mm. what Mumbles does is like myself, just working purely with samples. Yeah. Um, so I kind of view it differently, even though the average listener may not. It's like yeah. when I try and explain to people that, yeah, my, my, my Devil's Workshop album is made from 100% samples, hundreds and hundreds of tiny, intricate things pieced together, sometimes bigger chunks. But, you know, uh, some people can't really get their head around it. Like, well, what do you mean? It's not a band. It's like, no. no I mean, so yeah. that, that it's interesting that you compare the work of a hip-hop producer like Mumbles mm. to a, a new jazz band that are coming out doing really abstract, interesting things. Yeah. I mean, again, it's one of the albums where you get different things, I feel, you know, over the years. And maybe it's just one of the things where I was just like, man, I can just, it evokes that from me, you know, that feeling yeah. and that aura and the, sorry to use the word texture, but it is, it no, has no, got no, moments of it. Yeah. Yeah, it has got moments of it. But um, format, man, before we do go though, is there what what else is coming for you touring or or is the let us know what what else you got in the works man what else is coming i mean <laughs> vaccine passports <laughs> apart no, from no i don't know honestly i don't know i would say um i finished devil's workshop actually back in october 2020 so mm. the fact that it only actually came out what was it the end of march i think yeah. of 21 Early. this year um, I'll be honest with you I haven't really made any music since I finished that in October I've had a few sessions where I've sat down and mm -hmm. tried to do stuff and realised that my head's not ready yet I mean sounds a bit over dramatic but it took a lot out of me because I did work pretty much night and day on it and you know drive myself yeah close to insane <laughs> at times just because I just wanted things so perfect and when you are working with samples you know it can really mess with you. Just like, you know, it would have been easier to just get, you know, call up a friend and say, look, I really need a bass line just played here. Look, I know what I wanted to do. I want you to do this. But no, I just kept going and just kept digging through my records until I found the right things on other records that I could, you know, get and sometimes filter or isolate or whatever. And oh man. So after that whole process, then it's like the big sort of, after you've finished, then you've got to gear yourself up for, you know, bear in mind I have to do everything, you know, I bloody self-released it. Mm. You've got to then gear yourself up for all of that. And that's, again, that's a real, um, mm. am I allowed to swear on this show? Or, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, a, it's a head fuck. Mm, I can't yeah. think of a better way. It's a real head fuck because it sucks all your creative energy because all you're thinking about is business and social media, you know, promotion. And business and self-promotion and well that, that that's just things that a i'm not good at and probably because b i just you know it, it's not what i'm about you know mm -hmm. so you've got to do it but it's not what i'm about i'm i am yeah. a music lover and you know yeah like, duh, i'm an artist too <laughs> <laughs> so i don't want to be doing that shit but i've got to that's my best chance mm -hmm. of just about earning enough money out of the whole project to just about you know, justify. I mean, yeah, of course I'm going to do it regardless because I've got to do it. I don't, what else am I going to do in my weird life? <laughs> but, you know, it takes so much out of you. I personally need to recharge my batteries. You know, I really need time to sit back and, and kind of yeah. figure out, okay, what next? Um, yeah. I can at least tell you that I've got maybe off the top of my head four 
songs that are either almost finished or, you know what I mean? Like, like, like completely in the same vein as Devil's Workshop. And some of them even could have been contenders to go on that album. How do I finish to my satisfaction? But in the end, I just decided, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to go with what I've got. I'm happy with it as a complete album. I'll leave these songs for, for the next project. So I'm already, you know, I've already got a head start, but I just haven't, had the right head, yeah, yeah, mind yeah. frame to, to, to get into it. Yeah. But my, my, my gut feeling at the moment is just that I don't really want to DJ too much anymore. DJing in clubs, you know, at my age, it's kind of sucking the life out of me. Mm-hmm. I had a gig, um, I had a gig, well, in fact, let's not even get into specifics because, you know, that might sound insulting to, you know, the people at the certain gigs. But yeah. let's just say most of my gigs, you know, I'm by far the oldest person there and I'm trying to play music that was, that was you know, made before yeah. everyone in the place was born. I mean, all right, you could say the same with Soul and Funk with us guys, but mm. it's not quite the same, is it? It's like people yeah. just come up and want to just ask you, you know, can you please just play something modern? You know, can you play something, you know, that, oh, it's my friend's birthday, you know, please, can you play something by Beyonce? And it's just like, that sucks the life out of me. I'm much more suited to just staying home in the studio and making more moody, deep, meaningful stuff like Devil's Workshop. You know, that's where my head's at right now. Mm. I don't know how I'm going to make that pay in the long term, but that's what I'm trying to figure out. That's Mm. what, for me, that's what I hope my future can be. But truthfully, I don't know, Cam. I don't know because in the meantime, I want to, still do do some gigs because I, I do still obviously have bills to pay but there's not a lot going on at the moment so obviously people are still uncertain with with all the uh, all the c word well i hope at least i grew up in hip-hop where the community was strong like as soon as yeah. i got into the community in 19 it felt like there was a actual scene so for people out there to yeah. just spread the word man or, and listen and just like for people who are make, taking time to make actual art in this amazing you know culture I feel yeah. like um, just spread the word for people out there and uh, it's yeah. great music like it's not even like you know it's not even lip service it actually is banging music it's great and um, yeah I, and I love just listening to the headphones and just like getting immersed in it and I think that's um, just that for, as I said as in getting older you find a yeah. lot of ch- I cherish that a lot now <laughs> you know just being able to put the headphones on for half hour or 40 minutes yeah. and just really really just get lost in something and devil's workshop yeah. does that for me quite a bit so um yeah man big up on that definitely before right. i go though what how is the um how big is the record collection looking at the moment you're saying you're digging into uh, all the samples how big are we looking at the moment i mean i i've never attempted to count it oh right so <laughs> i don't know i think also it's very sorry to not give you a direct answer but i think no. it's very easy to fall in the trap of thinking that it's big and clever to have oh yeah, yeah. and and i think the, the 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 older i've got and you know you start to realize you know, I've got I've got records in a certain in certain crates. So I've got like crates of drum breaks, crates of b boy, you know, up tempo b boy breaks, mm. um, moody slow stuff. You know, I've got like diff- things in different you know boxes in different crates, specifically you know to make it easier for me to you know just mm. get to them on a work. I realise that I've had some of them um, for over twenty years. In, in in I've got what I call my priority crate, right? And what oh. that is is. That's my absolute, whether it's just like that it's the best stuff or that it's 
kind of really what I believe to be unknown, you know, or at least not used under the radar stuff, you know, it's, mm. it's like that priority stuff. I've had stuff in my priority boxes, you know, for like 15 years. <laughs> and then it's like, well, what kind of priority is that? So you, you start to realize that, you know, time is infinite. And if, if I've yeah. got a million records, I'm only, you know, you, you can only ever listen to a small percentage of it. So yeah. I've got, yeah, I've got a few thousand records, but mm. As much as I do still buy records as and when mm. the right thing crops up and as and when I can afford it, yeah, yeah. I'm actually selling records as much as I can as well because I want to keep a healthy balance where I, I want to be realistic and let certain things go. If, I'm, if I just feel strongly enough that there's not really, as far as I know, going to be a time in my life when I'm going to want to come back and listen to that, let it go, mm. let someone else enjoy it, you know, just, just get it out from cluttering up space in my house you know, yeah. Uh, the, only, the only time it's you know that, that, that there's any regret is is sometimes if I was going to look for a vocal sample to scratch, and then I'm like, where's where's my copy of you know so and so, some random old record from '87 mm. that I thought I was never going to play again? So like, I want to cut that little vocal thing that yeah. that so and so said. Oh shit! Yeah, I think I got rid of that when oh, I moved. No, no, no. Yeah, but um, but yeah, the record collection's still yeah. healthy, but. You know, I I shouldn't have to, I shouldn't really have to buy another record in my life to either be able to make, you know, another bunch of albums or to or, or to go out and do gigs. I should have enough ammunition up there, but uh, I'm fine. But of course, you, you know, you feel that you want the inspiration of a new discovery. You know what I mean? You want that buzz. It's not as exciting to pull out a record that you've had you know, two years, and I can tell you for sure, it ain't, it ain't exciting pulling out a record you've had for 20 years because it's old news to you, right? Yeah. You, know, you, you get excited about the latest thing. Mm. So uh, I let stuff go. I, I let stuff that. go. I, I like the idea of that, uh, re, not recycling, but yeah, I suppose recycling, but also, you know, knowing, right, other people may enjoy this and may make something yeah. out of it, you know, uh, other yeah. than yourself. But man, Format, thank you so much, man. You've delivered on so many levels for us. Um, before you go then, the question yeah. I ask every guest before they leave, um, yeah. what's the last great piece of music you heard? Could be old, could be new, but just the last great piece. All right, well, that's, that's uh, well... I was going to say it would be uh, it would probably be book of human language because right. I yeah, of course uh, before, you, before you know before we before we started this interview but mm. I'm going to actually just delve behind it yeah, you can see the, the listeners won't but mm -hmm. on the shelf here yeah all right I finally managed to get a copy of this yesterday this is Giles Giles and Fripp uh, the bronze the Bronzebury Road tapes 1968 so what this is is the early members of, of what became um, King Crimson and also like McDonald and Giles and basically right. sort of British sort of sort of I want to say psych and slightly jazzy elements and mm. and all sorts but they basically and, and prog for sure um, but this for me I mean I've got the I've got the the the, the, the actual album that they released around this time was the cheerful insanity of of uh, Giles, Giles and Fripp, which is a very interesting record and I, I like it, but compared to the stuff on here that they didn't put out. Now, anyone that knows me will know I'm a record nerd and I don't buy reissues, generally speaking, okay? Yeah. Maybe there's one or two exceptions, but generally for me, it's like, 
it's one or the other. You either buy originals or reissues. Otherwise, if I'm going to buy reissues, why would I ever waste my money keep buying these expensive originals? Just, but yeah. all this, this, you know, this stuff really didn't come come out until uh, let me see, 2009. This I don't know if there was a, an earlier, right. you know, maybe in the 90s. I'm not entirely sure, but but basically, this 1968 material makes makes their makes their actual official release albums sound like, you know, like like a. I don't even know what to say about being derogatory. It it just shits all over it. Wow. This just blown me away. I played this several times last night, okay. and I will be playing it several times tonight as well. Wow! So it's like I say, it's more. You know, it's difficult always to to put your finger on. Uh, you know, to to, to categorise music because it's very broad, but it's kind of psychedelic rock of the late 60s with some jazz influences and some, mm. you know, just lots of influences. A lot of different types of music would be infused together for the first time in those years, right? Yeah. So it's a very experimental time. I'm a massive fan of Soft Machine, for example. You know, that was, you know, first of all, I got into their jazz stuff before I actually started to appreciate their first two albums, which um, they have jazz elements in for sure, but they're more predominantly what I'd call kind of psychedelic rock and very experimental. Um, and I would put this in a in a similar bag to that. So anyway, anyone that wants to wants me to reiterate, it's yeah. the bronze yeah. uh, the Bronzebury Road tapes, nineteen sixty eight in bracket by Giles Giles and Fripp. Brilliant. So uh, that yeah. is. Some great music right there that I just bought yesterday when I was on the way back from my weird frog experience, <laughs> my combo treatment. I knew that there was a, and this is another weird coincidence. I was in North London. Mm. I used to live right by um, anyone that knows the area, Hornsey Police Station. Mm. There's a Conk Studios, which I believe is owned by Ray Davis of the Kings. I used to live right by that. Mm. I moved about 12 years ago. Um, but at the time that I lived there, I think it was just a newsagent opposite, but for about seven years now, it's been this great little record shop. I think it's just called the little record shop or something like that. So I didn't have much time, but I was just passing through that area after my Cambo session yesterday. Mm. And I called in this record shop for the first time and he had a mint copy of this record just sitting there. I mean, it's been out of print for a long time. So that wow. really, really was okay. So it was obviously meant to be, you know, the yeah. spirit, the, the shamanic spirits were like, you know, calling to me, like, come and have your Cambo treatment and get a really cool record on the <laughs> way home, man. <laughs> oh, it's all come together. It's all come together yeah. beautifully. Man, that's brilliant. That is so good. Well, man, thank you again for coming on. Um, doors are always open if you ever want to come on or if you've got new Thanks music so down the line man uh, yeah we're here man and uh, yeah you. people go out there and support and um, yeah we'll catch you soon my man Thank you, thank you. And, and thanks for your time and patience Cam I did warn you beforehand that I do talk a lot right? and I you, love it I'm not, You're going to have a lot of editing to do right? But, <laughs> oh, this is going out as is it's great absolutely Oh, in that case, I, I think we should apologise to the listeners. <laughs> ramble on. It's because I'm I'm very passionate, and I'm I'm definitely. I was having this conversation with a friend actually recently. I'm definitely on the spectrum for whether it's uh, you know mild autism or something like that. I do really overthink things, and I, mm. I I 
especially doing an interview, I really overthink how I'm going to come across and how I could be misinterpreted and how, mm. you know, am I definitely not going to sound egotistical? And am I going to, you know, oh man, I overthink things yeah. to death. It exhausts me. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, don't worry. Just completely honestly, it's been great. It's been absolutely oh, great. So don't, don't put any of that on your head, my man. You've been well, uh, stellar. So, but yeah, well, until the next time, we'll keep spinning yeah, that music, you. man. And, um, and please do send me a link when you get it, because it's always nice and slightly terrifying to listen back and see if I made a fool of myself. But please do send me the link. And, um, and yeah, let's, let's stay in touch. You know, any music sure. of mine you need in the future, just, you know, hit me up because I'm, I'm terrible at like, you know, doing mail outs and stuff to people. I don't, mm. I don't even keep a, list of people that buy my records you know or, or, or anything like that to ah yeah. i told you i'm a bad businessman don't worry but anyway, keep in touch and and again thanks for your time cam i really appreciate the little spotlight you've been shining on my music today man. as well as book of human language of course <laughs> of course man of course 